When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One one thing I guess just to bring up briefly because it's it's something that they have to address on the other side of this All Star break. And once again tonight, it just wasn't great. Now they only have one opportunity in the power play, but did you see any sort of improvement on the power play tonight? I, again, they only had two minutes of PP time, but it wasn't. Once again, it wasn't really great. I thought they got into the zone a little better at least. Like they were at least getting into the zone. Um, they had, but then they weren't holding onto the puck. Or I should correct that they were holding onto the puck too long. They were too slow moving the puck and, and moving bodies. Once they got into the zone, I thought they're just too stationary and Toronto was closing quick and forcing some turnovers. So uh, step one, I guess, or, you know, step one would be just keeping possession off the face off, but step two, at least they were getting into the zone a little better um, with a little bit of speed, but then the issues once they were in there would, we're definitely still there. And they did have, they did have Krejci instead of Hall. Like they made that adjustment and um, entries were better, but small sample size. And now that we know DeBrusque obviously didn't get into the Toronto game, things will change back the way that those dynamics are after the, after the all-star break when DeBrusque comes back. I don't think there's any reason to think he's going to be, held out any any longer like he should be back that first game um which i gotta double check what date that is because it's so long away it's so far away i think it's the 11th i believe yeah against the capitals at home so as of right now no signs of setbacks and no reason to think he wouldn't be in that game oh montgomery said on tuesday he would be shocked if debrusque doesn't play in that game DeBrusque was on the ice for practice Tuesday, you know, in a non-contact jersey. He so he skated a little bit before practice and then was on practice for about half the practice until they got to special teams work. And then he left the ice. Um, Obviously, you know, since he's not playing yet, he wasn't going to be part of special teams drills. So when he when he gets back, like I I would anticipate the Bruins going back to that top nine look of. DeBrusque on the uh, right side of Bergeron and Marchand, keep the check line together, put Hall back with with Coyle and Frederick, and then, um, and you know, obviously Montgomery shuffles the lines around during the games too if they need to. But as like starting points, I would I would imagine that's their top nine. The fourth line will be makeshift depending on, you know, no six still for a little bit. But um, and then yeah, to your to your point, Bridget, the power play should get back in the sink with DeBrusque um, there as well. So. Um, you know, obviously, DeBrusson didn't play tonight. Neither, neither did Austin Matthews. We we haven't mentioned that. Um, but whatever. I mean, it's we're not gonna take anything away from this this win by the Bruins. I mean, they were without a you know top line forward, and um, obviously not comparing DeBrusson to Matthews. But um, the Bruins took care of business, which is good. So they go into the All Star break, um, thirty nine wins, seven losses, five overtime losses for eighty three points. And um, I guess, guys, that's a little bit better than treading water to start the year. So good for them. 
to to uh, just every time I like look at the the standings and the the record and the points, I just think back to the my my friends and other people, other like writers in the off season that were like Bruins aren't making the playoffs. I guarantee it. And <laughs> like I almost took a bet with Ryan Garvin, who's another uh, producer at WEI, because he was dead set that the Bruins were not going to make the playoffs. I was like, bro, you are so wrong. <laughs> it's like 50 bucks on it. And then he kept being like, eh, you know, maybe not, but I would, I would definitely have 50 bucks uh, at this point. <laughs> would it be safe to say, but before we switch gears, I just wanted to say one more thing that we learned about the matchup with Toronto uh, without, you know, the, the Austin Matthews thing aside was what the goalie matchup might look like. Um, so Sam Sonoff and Allmark going head to head against each other. It was kind of an interesting, you know, goalie matchup, what that would, you're trying to imagine what it could look like in a six, seven game series. And Allmark came out looking like the better goalie. Well, because he is, he, he is a lot better than either goalie Toronto has. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. Like we, everyone mocked Toronto in the off season when they decided to go with the Matt Murray, Ilya Samsonov tandem. Then for a while, it looked like they'd gone it right. Like both of those guys were playing really well. And then I was looking at this up during the game tonight over the last month and a half, both of them have save percentages under 900. Like they have crashed back to earth. And but Samsonov's record at home was like decent and like not, yeah. not exactly comparable to Olmark's record at home, but like those were both two goalies who could play at home very well. Yeah. He, he has been really good at home, but in general, it's like, if you're Toronto, you're, if you're a Leafs fan, I get to imagine like you're, you're starting, if you're not there already, you're starting to have the same old concerns of like goaltending is going to let them down. Um, I don't know how you can feel great about that tandem. I don't think they're in a position to go out and try to trade for a goalie. Like, I feel like they'd rather address other needs. So I guess that, you know, maybe maybe they surprise us and they do try to do something, but they're probably just rolling with those two. And uh, yeah, you you just hope you hope one or both of them get hot at the right time because other other than that, like, I don't think there's a whole lot of hope that they're gonna suddenly it both be great in the second half or anything like they're just they're mediocre goalies they might have hot stretches but they're also gonna have stretches like this where goaltending becomes a weakness for them and if that happens in the playoffs that's you're looking at another first round exit yeah i also and look i i know jake muzzin uh is not an option for toronto this year he's had um you know in, uh, incredibly bad luck injury wise and you know, it's it's tough to criticize Toronto's personnel on defense when their number one defensive defenseman is not an option for them, right? Um, I mean, if, if you do that to any NHL team, it's kind of like it's tough to overcome. That said, like I still don't – I know Toronto's team defense analytic, analytically, let's try that again, um, has been really good this year. I think they're right up there with, with Boston as far as not like actual numbers-wise, but they are, I think, number two or three in a league with team defense. Boston, I think, is just so, so much better than everybody in that in that regard. But um, I mean, their 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 personnel on defense is not that uh, defensively. It's not that impressive either. Um, I mean, Morgan Riley is not a great defenseman as far as actual playing defense and even offense. Morgan Riley might actually be their weakest in terms of like actual defense. Obviously, he brings yeah. a lot of offense, but yeah, and, and you know, uh, Giordano is like an awesome 
you know, veteran, but you know, it, you know, um, yeah, they just, they don't really, and, and I, whatever, but, um, I guess to that, to, to your point, Bridge, about the goalie matchup, am I mistaken if, if Boston gets by the first round of the playoffs this year, which we all anticipate them doing no matter who they play, that's, that's the bar they've set there. They have to play the winner of Toronto Tampa, right? There's no avoiding that second round matchup, right? It's one of the, it's one of the other. Is that correct? correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think we'd all prefer to play Toronto, right? Um, on this yeah. podcast. Well, yep. For a lot of reasons. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. So anyway, um, if they do play Toronto in the second round, yes, goalie matchup, Boston, most, every matchup should be Boston. Um, so Scott, I'm going to throw it to you. Um, there was a last time we recorded about a few hours later. Um, the first shoe dropped in the uh, the trade market this year, heading into the deadline. If you want to discuss the Bohorvat trade, and um, you know the Bruins obviously weren't a part of that trade, and that there's been you know speculation about would they have been in on them, should they have been in on them. So I'll throw it to you if you want to discuss those details. If you have them in front of you, or Bridget, if you have them in front of you, I'll just keep talking until one of you guys has it. But <laughs> well, yeah. So can. Canucks traded Horvat to the Islanders for Anthony Beauvillier, uh, the Islanders' top prospect, Atu Ratu, and a first-round pick. What a pick. name, by the way. That's, I a, know. that's one of the best names. Yeah, great name. Um, yeah, so, it, I mean, as far as the Bruins being in on it, I think the Bruins were in on it. Now, to what extent does that mean, um, you know, yeah, I think they talked to Vancouver about the possibility of trading for Bo Horvat. Do I think, you know, I don't know if they ever made an official offer. I don't think so. Um, I don't think they were going to match the Islanders' offer. Obviously, they didn't. You know, the equivalent of an offer, if you're the Bruins, there had been, so Elliot Friedman had said in a couple places um, before the trade happened that, uh, the Canucks were interested in Brandon Carlo. So it sounds like obviously they wanted a roster play as part of the deal. They got that in Beauvillier from the Islanders. Um, it sounds like Carlo would have been the roster player they were targeting from the Bruins. So if you're the Bruins, an equivalent package probably looks like Carlo, Fabian Lysel, and a first round pick. Um, you know, now I think like some of the reporting since then, I think. People have said, like, oh, like, did the Bruins, is Carlo an untouchable for the Bruins? I don't know about that. I just don't think they were going to make that trade. And I understand why, because if you make that trade, you're subtracting from your defense. And I think we all agree that, like, if anything, they should add to defense um, and be looking for potential, whether it's just a depth addition or, or a potential upgrade to their top six. So... Now, if you trade Carlo away, maybe you get Luke Shen back. But as I've said before, Carlo to Luke Shen is a downgrade. Like Luke Shen would be better off being your seventh or eighth defenseman. Um, so I understand the Bruins not doing that if that were the package. Uh, the other options, like if you're looking in that price range to make the money work, would have been Jake DeBrusque or Pavel Zaka. Definitely not doing DeBrusque, like not the season he's been having. And Zaka, we you just extended him. 
And we just talked about how good of a fit he's been on this team. Like there are all, there's the considerations to messing with chemistry as well. Um, again, while I think chemistry can sometimes be overrated, like it can't be ignored when you're rolling the way that this team's rolling. So, you know, they, they don't want to take anything off the active roster unless it's for a clear upgrade. And if you're trading one of those guys along with your top prospect in a first round pick and Horvat might only be a rental, like that's, it's kind of a tough sell. Yeah, I was, I was about to say more more than anything, if they got the sense that he wasn't someone who was willing to be extended, there's really no point in doing it. Like if you can't extend him and have him be your option for your top line center when Bergeron's gone, there's really absolutely no reason to do it. So if you weren't like 100% sure he's a, a guy that's not just a rental for you and that you can sign him for however long you want to sign him for, then it's a, it's a huge risk. And, you know, the reward is... Short term, you don't need him. It's more of a long term reward you would get from it, but only if you um, were able to pinpoint an agreement that you could already kind of have worked out before he comes here. But wouldn't be surprised if he wants to test free agency. And at that point in time, you're the Bruins, you're thinking, well, maybe we'll come back around to the idea of Bo Horvat when he becomes an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Yeah, and they also you still got to sign David Pasternak. Like you know, keep your priorities in order. I, I think. Look, I think when Horvat's name was first mentioned, it's 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 natural to kind of be like, oh yeah, well, I mean that would that would put them over the top, and you know it would solidify their 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 need to succeed Bergeron, right? But you know, this Boston Bruins team, they have more than enough high end talent up front, and they have the depth that you need, right? So, like, offensively, this Bruins team is as deep as there is in the league. Now, you can still add, like, middle six, bottom six depth at the deadline because you need because it's never a bad thing to have that. And, if you know, if you find the right player or two, that's great. Um, but defense wins championships. So, for my money, it's like, yes, like, don't, don't take Carlo away or, you know, because he's six foot five and, and he's a, he's a really, he's a really effective defenseman, NHL defenseman. Um, so, but if the Bruins are going to add like, yes, like a significant piece or a significant upgrade upgrade, I'd prefer them to do it on the blue line as opposed to up front if push comes to shove. But I think, I think the proper depth moves are, will be more than appropriate for this Bruins team. So, um, yeah, I'm glad the Bruins, you know, weren't in on this trade, uh, or, the finalist for this trade, I should say. So, yeah. Yeah. And I also like, you know, I don't want it to come across as like, I'm not valuing Bo Horvat or anything. I really like Bo Horvat and wrote a column not that long ago, how, you know, if the Bruins were going to dream big, like he should be the guy to go after, but you know, you don't know exactly what it's going to cost until you see what he goes for. And ultimately he went for, if, if I were Don Sweeney more than I would be comfortable giving up. Um, especially with no guarantee that you're extending him, uh, you know, but he's also, he's a really good player. Uh, but one who's also in a career season, obviously he's on pace for over 50 goals. I don't think he's ever topped. What, what did he have? Last? I don't think he topped like 35 in the past. So having a career year that obviously jacks his price up. Um, 
you know, yeah, I think he would have been a great fit. I think he's also a character guy. He's a team captain. Like, he would have done just fine here. I'm not worried about that. But it would be a lot to give up for him. Um, and by the way, not totally out of the question that Bo Horvath gets traded again before the trade deadline. Um, because the Islanders basically now have a month to, A, try to get back into the playoff picture with Horvat, who fills a huge need for them as a goal scorer. Uh, but B, to talk extension. I mean, if the Islanders don't turn it around and are out of the playoff picture three, four weeks from now and aren't particularly close to getting an extension done, they could very well turn around and trade him again. So, you know, twist. yeah, Horvat trade rumors could pop back up. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. It's probably not like, what listeners want to hear from me here because um you know it's a it's a, it's a podcast they listen to for for Bruins uh analysis but I got to tell you I have no idea what happens with these trade deadlines I all the speculation and the rumors it's um it's fun to talk about but but at the same time it can be exhausting because you just you think one think back to last year remember, remember the guys we were talking about last year the Bruins were gonna get like you know it was like. Up until the last hour, I was like, well, oh, maybe they get Max Domi. Maybe they get this guy, that guy. And uh, it's, uh, until something happens, it's like, hey, Max Domi is coming around again. Here. He's he's back. He's back on the market. I know. So I, I you know, I'm just I'm just gonna let let the deals happen, and then I'll react. The all the speculation, it's, it just drives you drives you insane because you think one thing's gonna happen, and like who had who had the Islanders in on this? Did anybody think the Islanders were were a possibility? No one until very late. So like that same podcast I mentioned that Elliot Friedman had, like. I think that got posted like less than 12 hours before the trade went down he, on that same podcast. I think he mentioned like, you know, I kind of wonder about the Islanders here. They've been looking for an upgrade. Like Friedman's one of those guys where like, you know, if he's saying something like that, like he's actually heard it. So like that kind of like perked my ears up where I'm like, ah, oh, the Islanders. And like, also the Islanders, Lou Lamorello has always been like this. Like everything is kept under wraps with them. Like, remember, um, was it, who are they trying to extend? They're trying to like extend someone recently and everyone's like, oh yeah, the deal's already done. But then like three, four months went by and it was like, wait, is, is the deal still done? Like what's going on here? It, it might've been the Barzell extension. Like everyone was like, yeah, like it's done. And just waiting to announce it. And meanwhile, like you're hearing nothing because Whatever Lou Lamorello does, he just like gets everyone to shut their mouths and like not talk to people. Yeah, and Bovillier, Bovillier is a lot to to give up to. Like Bovillier is liked there and has had some really good seasons there. Yeah, he's definitely he's taken a step back this year. Like he's he's had a down year for sure. But and it like, doesn't mean thing. that like, his potential isn't there. I think it's it's still there. Well, <laughs> Vancouver will suck potential out of anybody right now. So. <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna help help him, but like Lemarillo is like he he's he's made some moves in the last couple of years too. Like like he traded away like what like a first round or two for um for 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 Romanov Romanov like yeah. um you know Kyle Palmieri and and Zay Jack he gave away first rounders and so I mean you know the Islanders are like in a weird situation where they've they've gone for it but they've never really been even when they were in the conference finals a couple of years it was kind of based off like just defensive structure they're 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 in no man's land right now and that's a, that's a, that's a spooky place to be 
Yeah, and, uh, they, and they don't really have the defensive structure anymore either because they moved on from Barry Trotz, and so they play like a little bit more wide open now. But it hasn't really led to more scoring, and they've um, they've really had to rely on their goaltending even more than than before. So, uh, yeah, they they better hope though that they turn it around or you know at least start winning some games or are in a better position going forward because that first round pick they gave up, I think it's top 14 protected for this upcoming draft, but then it's unprotected the next year. So like you could see a situation where like they miss the playoffs this year. They don't re-sign Horvat. They don't have to give up the pick because it's, you know, it ends up being in the top 14. So they hold on to the pick for one year, but then are like taking a huge step back next season. And all of a sudden you're potentially giving up like a top 10 pick to Vancouver. Like that, it, it's a risk. Like it, he definitely took a big swing and took a big risk on this trade. And uh, you know, they better, better hope it works out. Cause it could set them back quite a bit if it doesn't. Basically with the hope that you do it early enough and don't wait to the deadline that you're, you're like setting yourself up. You're not too far behind. It's, it's definitely a, a bold move. Uh, I don't, I don't hate it for them. I, I think that it, once again, I feel like all the all the potential trades that could have happened for Horvat had high risk involved um, for the teams that were taking them on. So it was definitely a high risk move for them. But I, I actually think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, it's it's definitely a bull strategy, Cotton. I just think like you know the Islanders are just they've for so long the, the biggest knock on them is um, you know they don't have any they don't have any true goal scorers, and it's like. Well, while that's true, they better hope that they extend this kid because if they don't, it's like you just look at the standings and, you know, they've played more games than Buffalo and Pittsburgh and they're behind both those teams in the wild card race. So, like, I don't know. It's just it's yeah, to, to what to what you guys said, like they better they better make the playoffs because if they in hope that he extends because if he doesn't and they miss. Oh, boy, that's 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 tough. That's tough. So. Anywho, um, at least they got a new arena, right? Um, anything else you, want, you guys want to go over? I think we're kind of uh, at that point now. And by the way, they're not their hope to make the playoffs is the wild card. Like they're not. This doesn't make them a team that's like top three in in their division. Like it's this move makes them wild a wild card team. So and then at that point, you're really hoping with the eighth spot we're going to be able to somehow fight our way out of this, um, you know, this conference and then to the Stanley cup. I mean, they, they've done it though. So like if any team can, if any team can look at that, you know, they went to back to back Eastern conference finals. I think one year they were the eight and one year they were like the seven. So, you know, it's, it's, it's in their history, but as I said earlier, like this team does feel different because that team did it with that defense we talked about. And, this team, this Islanders team hasn't had it. I also think those teams that you're talking about, Scott, they kind of like, I don't know. I think they took advantage of a weird, weird stretch for the NHL. I mean, like, I don't know. That, that it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the series the, against the Bruins was weird to watch. Well, they, well, they were both, they were both bubble, they were both bubble playoffs that, that, that they, that they went to the conference finals and the second one was not, but it was a bubble season. And then they let fans in like right at the playoffs. So I don't know. I just think, I think I think if, if they sweep into a wild card, pick who you want to lose to in four or five games, Boston or Carolina, because it's not going to last very long. So, 
I don't know. It's like I said, for the Islanders, they better hope they extend Horvat because if they don't, then it's just a stupid move. I don't think they're going anywhere in the playoffs, with, even with Horvat. So I don't know, guys. Um, final thoughts? Anything? All star game. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Scott wants to talk about that. I mean, there's not really much to say. I mean, no, there's um, not. There's no. not. I literally just wanted to say All Star Game because, yeah. other than that, I mean, we might have a guest for one of our episodes. Maybe try to get Raycroft on for one of our, you know, episodes that we have in between um, during the All Star break. We're gonna still try to put out some episodes, um, regardless of the fact that there's no games going on because there's other stuff to talk about, and we can bullshit for a long time, as you can see. So. <laughs> I mean, a PSA I think worth mentioning is during this during this um, stretch of of days where there's no NHL hockey, be careful about what you tweet because one Mr. Bradley Marshand, he likes to get in. He likes likes to roll around in the mud sometimes. He's had he's had a field day on Twitter the last few days, so he'll be looking for something to do. I think. I know. Now he's got he's got all this free time. He's just gonna be (laughs) sitting around scrolling Twitter. Yeah, the NHL could use about fifty more of him because he's uh he's 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 a gem. So, all right, guys. Well, I am all set. If you guys are all set, we can wrap this one up. Um, thank you all for listening. I guess we can call this the um, de facto like midway point of the season. I know it's they played more than half their games, but it's the All Star break, so um, a chance here to kind of uh, get some R and R for everybody and. Thanks for listening. As Bridget said, we'll 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 touch base again before the I mean the Bruins are off for like two weeks, so um, you know we'll talk before then. But thank you all for listening and enjoy the rest of your uh, your day.